Welcome to Author Chat, a bi-weekly podcast featuring interviews, discussion, and conversation with some of the best authors from Morgan James Publishing. Welcome to Author Chat. I'm your host, Jana Lynch, and joining me today is entrepreneur and speaker and author of the book, Hitting the Curveballs, Jay Myers. And Jay, I am just going to dive right into your interview because I really want to get started and talk to you about your book. Yeah, one thing that I really liked in your book is the plug that you gave for writing a book and how that helped not only you, but how it helped your business. Yep. So if you wouldn't mind, I'd like to spend a good, I'd like to talk about that a little bit more than we did the last time. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, you know, David Hancock actually did a white paper on that chapter, and it's, it's a separate, I guess, uh, sales offering that he has uh, with those kind of documents and stuff, but uh, yeah, I'd be glad to. It, it really, it continues to pay uh, benefits, and I can comment on, uh, when we get going here, about like very recently, like right this month, we're having a prospect and a big group come in that's uh, part of a, uh, a hospital organization. Um that is here and looking at our technology and potential sales because the uh, head guy at the hospital group read my book and loved it. And he's a big uh, baseball nut, so he loved the name of it. He liked the, the business uh, stuff. And then he also uh, commented even about the, the, my dedication to my uh, black lab. He got to kick it. So he, he picked up on everything. So, it, you know, you never know how those things are going to work out. But we try to use the book like as a hook and, to, you know, to leverage it to, to, to Frankly, Janet, just to differentiate ourselves from other businesses, because I've got competition out there, and a lot of them sell the same products I do, so I'm just looking for an ad. Yeah, and, and I guess that was part of why, and I guess that was part of why you decided to write the book. I know that you had written one prior, and right. you, you had gone through, I mean, personally and professionally, leading up to, or in the time frame between your first book and your second one. You went through a lot. So was this sort of a way for you to, I guess, just hash out all of your, all of your thoughts and just kind of work through everything and regroup and and focus and encourage other people to going through similar situations? Or was there like another reason why you decided to write the second book? Well, I wrote the second week's we recording now. Sort of, yeah. I'll, I'm going to wind up editing all over the place. Okay. All right, great. Then we're kind of rolling it. All right. Yeah. Um, I wrote the second book. I've got to acknowledge the, the person that gave me the idea. He's actually celebrating his 10th year anniversary with my uh, company, Jeremy Johnson. He's my VP of sales. He wanted and encouraged me to write a second book, kind of a follow-up, and I just kind of looked at him like, what am I going to write about? And he said, how about growing a business during the recession? And as I reflected on the business part of it, the personal challenges also kind of seeped into my thought process. So I really wanted to, you asked me a question about why I wrote it and try to help other people out. I mean, and I'm a regular old guy. I'm a C student in college and a little bit better than that in high school. And I don't have the highest IQ out there, but I think one of the things that that uh, 
God has bestowed on me as a trait is that I don't give up and I, I'm, I have perseverance and I've got a great support group and everything. And I think that I wanted to create in the second book a, a uh, story that people that would resonate, but, but mix in a lot of different things that are that are of interest to me. And you know, hopefully to inspire them that you know, life is going to throw curveballs at you all the time. And it's how you handle those that makes the difference between success and failure. And, of course, you know, as you know, at the start of the book, I'm, I'm a crazy Yankee fan and everything. And I was talking about this uh, day that playing that baseball game in Yankee Stadium back in 08. It was just surreal for me still to this day. But it was starting the book out and talking about something that was really fun, but then got a chance to reflect back on all the things that had happened to us before. Uh, in the prior year, you know, losing 80% of my sales team walking out the door, one, two, three, four. A lot of businesses lose people, turnover, but man, I lost them all in 30 days. And they, you know, they went to work for other companies, customers, you know, business partners, whoever, but it happened. And, you know, as business owners, you, you tend to take things, particularly entrepreneurs, you tend to take things personally. But I had to gather myself and my team and realize that the way to, to deal with a problem is not to say it's you know all on me it's our company it's not just mine and let's figure out a way to make something happen here you asked the question about why you know is this just to help other people out or you know what what is this whole thing about writing the book to me being an entrepreneur this business whether it be with my first book keep playing or second book hitting the curveballs it's all about the journey. It's all about the journey, the journey of what we've gone through. And I found it very therapeutic to write about our experiences for, for reasons, uh, obviously some personal about some of the things we had to deal with, but also to help, you know, therapeutic for other people that are reading it to say, you know what, maybe my troubles aren't quite as bad as we may have thought of at, at first glance. Um, you know, the neat thing about it is the inspirational part, Janet, that I really love about hitting the curveballs, and I'm very proud of the book. Uh, I wrote it all myself. The first book I had a collaborator. But one of the things I particularly uh, really love about the book is that we made the decision when we lost all those salespeople to redo the whole company, to wipe the slate clean, to not take the easy way out. We decided to take a more difficult path, hire people for the long haul. For the long-term future of the company, we went out and recruited millennials, which in my industry, you think, you know, is that, is that, everybody does that right. No, they don't. <laughs> in fact, they struggle with it on a daily basis. I've actually spoken at many conferences on this very issue. But we had to take a longer view of the business and say, who do we need in here? What's not what's most convenient for Jay what's most, or ISI? What is path that is going to make most sense and so anyway we, we end up replacing those folks and put them in some niche marketing roles and sales and everything and you know that's fall of 2007 which by the way was right there uh on the brink of the great recession and Jenna, this is what's so cool i lose 80 percent of the sales team replace some of these young people created what we call a farm system to develop these people we did 11 million dollars as a business in 2007 Four years later, we grew the business to $25 million. 
amidst the worst economy in 80 years. I thought that was a story worth telling, which is why I wrote the second book. Yeah, we that's... Did it. No, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, that's all right. We did add some other you know, chapters in there, and I'd be happy to discuss those. But that, that part, to a root from, like, I could picture chapter one about the field of dreams and talking about the thing at Yankee Stadium, but the, we called the, uh, in chapter one the, the summer from hell. It really was, but it gave us an opportunity to do something special. Yeah, I want it, it to, sound, it sounds like you, you did some amazing things, and I want to just talk about a couple of things that you discuss in the book and how they contributed to the growth, besides hiring the millennials, which I think is certainly beneficial to every company, uh, because they that age group comes in with a whole fresh set of eyes and perspective and ideas that are just as valuable as the people who've been around a while, um, but a couple of the things that you talk about in the book, as far as helping um, turn your business, you know, profits—I don't want to say around, but increasing your business profits. Um, one was that you really niched down your market that you sold to, and you worked on the culture of the company by encouraging giving back to the community. Do you think those three things are pretty much a special formula just for your company or something that can, can apply to any company? I think that um, the, those type of uh, strategies can work for any company. You know, it's interesting that in the recession, I remember a number of uh, companies like mine that are in technology and you know, we do video conferencing, audio visual systems and boardrooms and auditoriums and schools and hospitals and all these kind of places. Many people in my industry panicked during those years and tried to go do different things to bring in income. I mean, some of them got off into cell phones and all this other kind of stuff and cabling and things they really didn't normally do. Um, we thought through that. Certainly, it was a passing thought to us, but it just didn't make any sense. And so we made the decision to do what one of our best customers uh, recommended, which was to stick to what we're good at and just do it better. So we do distance learning where we set up our video equipment, uh, video conferencing between schools, special, uh, specialty courses to be taught using our technology. We got better at that. We've been doing it a while, but we got better. Telemedicine, we set up our equipment and installed to have uh, physicians uh, extend uh, rural health care or whatever, dermatology, ear, nose, throat, heart, et cetera. We got better at that, better equipment, better uh, integration, just all around just got better. And I think that that was not only beneficial to us but it, in that, during that time, but it can be beneficial to any company during any time. Stick to what you're good at. Just do it better than you've ever done it before. Insofar as the, the issue with giving back to the community and creating a legacy, that's a very important thing to me. Um, I'm 59 years old, and you know, you, you realize, <clears throat> excuse me, that you're not going to live, I'm not going to live forever. And, and, and you look at the issue of when you leave this world, all you leave is your good name. I don't want me or the business to be known as just the people sold a bunch of technology. I want to make a difference. I mentioned in the book, I don't want to be just successful, I want to be significant as well as a business. 
So we do a number of things. You know, certainly we write checks to, to help out different people, uh, the Ronald McDonald House, the various other organizations in the area. But we also do some more day-to-day stuff. We, we have a, a student come in here uh, as part of a program called Education at Work. And it's a, an inner-city student that can't afford the tuition to high school, um, that, that it's a college prep school. So we fund that tuition and in return get this student to work for us once a week a full day. So you get an inner-city student in a successful business. We get some help. They get a wonderful learning experience, and everybody wins. Um, and we look at a number of other initiatives. I mean, you know, in the book, we talk about the tornado relief fund we did in Alabama several years ago. These people are customers. Why would you not do that? And if you can make a difference, it's not heroic. You know, we're not out here, all of us, working in soup kitchens every morning. There's nothing heroic. Just hand-picking opportunities to just do something. But you know what? Get out of our comfort zone a little bit and do something for some other people. And the interesting thing, Janet, is when you do that, in my opinion, you become a better business person. You're a better business, period. It gives you balance. And because you realize, even in your toughest day as a business, it doesn't compare to some of those people out there that are struggling for a job or food to put on the table, et cetera. Yeah, it certainly helps to put things into perspective. And I also think the volunteering and the encouraging your employees to volunteer, it fosters a sense of not only community outside of the outside of the business, but within the company as well. It's almost like when you volunteer together, you're bonding over something that's not work, which yeah. then I think creates a, a different kind of, of culture. Absolutely. And I, from what I gather, that's something that is extremely important to you. And was that a philosophy that your business has always had? Or is that something that's sort of come along since that terrible summer that you that you went through? Well, we've, we've been uh, contributing to the community and valued that for a long time since I started the company. I think giving back to the community is, is not in this uh, in this company and the way we have set this up, it, it's not a, an option, it's an obligation. You don't live in a bubble. The, the community supports you. These organizations and businesses that have bought from us for years, you know, it's funny. You, you see those people out there, the successful companies, the larger companies that we have around here, like the FedEx or the International Paper and wonderful clients of ours. You know, when we're at these charity events, Janet, guess who's right alongside us? Mm-hmm. Those same companies. I, I tell my employees and my children all the time, you are who you associate with. And when you associate with, with winning companies, some of these great organizations that I mentioned, like the FedEx, the International Papers, Auto Zones, all these wonderful clients of ours here in Memphis and in many of them around Nashville and all our other areas, um, you know, it's interesting. I think that those organizations understand and appreciate businesses that do those kind of things. We're not doing it because we think we can get another order out of them. But we, we feel good about the fact that when we do these things, there are other people that we think of a lot of that are also right alongside us. So, uh, again, I don't think that community service is just one of these you know, cool, fluffy things you put on your mission statement. Community service is in my blood. My father and brother were in the Better Business Bureau here in Memphis for a long time, decades. So helping other people has been in my blood forever. And uh, 
I'm proud that we are able to, as a business, use it as a platform to be able to, to do some things for the local community. I think that's awesome, and I think that that's such an important legacy, as you mentioned, to instill both in your business and your community, and then for your employees, when they, should they move on, it's a value that they'll take with them and instill, you know, in the instill in their families and companies and it's just such a great way to start that chain I guess for lack of a better word yes. so um, I want to just go back we talked about it a little bit earlier but I want to just go back and talk about how you came about you know writing the book because you devote an entire chapter in your book to the fact that you wrote a book and the impact that that's had. So we're going to completely shift gears. And uh, I just want to talk about that for a little bit and why it was important for you, besides, um, you know, encouraging other people and telling your story, how the book helped you and your business grow. Well, I'll start out by saying uh, this, and I hope David Hancock gets a chance to say <laughs> <laughs> to hear this uh, podcast, I'm, I'm certainly probably will. Um, writing the book and getting me published has been the most professionally gratifying experience of my life. And, you know, it's not because I'm the bestseller event and invite me down to wherever to get a big award. It's more of the fact that, and I so much appreciate David Hancock and Morgan James giving me that opportunity to, to to get the books published and to, to get the word out. Um, you know, the interesting part about it is it started out, like I mentioned earlier, sort of a therapeutic mission. You know, you write about things, you're trying to get past and turn the page, so to speak, and all those things. The interesting thing is in, in the new book, and hitting the curveballs, I mentioned something about using your book as your hook. And the interesting thing is when we got the book published, Keep Swinging It, back in 07, I mean, Honestly, I was just trying to sell a few copies here and there to family and friends, twist their arms, and that was going to be about it. But once we started sharing the book with different people, business partners, only employees for sure, and then it started getting into the customer hands, and I started getting these wonderful emails and these personal notes talking about how much they appreciated our story, really resonated with them. I mean, see, people spend a while in these emails, and I'm not talking about two or three lines. I'm talking about paragraphs, three or four. And many of them, I think I mentioned to you earlier, I just got one this morning you know, from from a, a friend of ours that's copied the book. He's literally reading at 2 o'clock in the morning talking about inspirational and all these things. The interesting thing about it is from the time that we started distributing the books and mailing them out to some of our customers and partners and all these folks, my business just started to grow. And was it because we got the book published? I know in my industry, nobody writes books, much less, it's like read a meeting. So mm. <laughs> it's, it's a very technical industry and all those kind of things. So I, I think sometimes you get overwhelmed with so much stuff and technical manuals, you just don't have an appetite to read a, a business book. But it's crazy, but it, it, it's the truth. We grew the business two and a half times between 07 and 11. And those were the prime time uh, you know, uh, years of, of the book uh, being marketed. So I, I believe 
based on everything, the feedback I got from customers and partners and everything, that book had, it, it, it confirmed and um, verified some things with customers about why they invested in us, why the prospects wanted to invest in us. Because we were more than just a technology business. We, we, we have a heart, we have a soul. And it was expressed in the book. Well, if that's not a selling point for someone to write a book, I don't know what is. Um, so, but I think that a lot of people get caught up in their own heads that they're not a good writer or they don't have a good message or what they have to say is boring or not unique. Um, how would you encourage those entrepreneurs and, and business owners to... I guess either write a book or figure out a, a way to set themselves apart, even in an industry like yours, which is super technical and doesn't always allow itself um, for the most riveting reading. I mean, you certainly found a creative way to do it because your book was more broad stroke business lessons rather than technical jargon, which I think is good for anyone wanting to read your book because it doesn't necessarily apply to your industry only. Um, so what would you say to people who would like to go down the avenue of writing a book for their business or for their own personal satisfaction, but don't think that they have the right words to say? So I didn't think that I had the words either, very frankly, but I think that, you know, you have to get it in your head about why you're doing it. And I think for all of us out there that got, have had books published, you know, you want your voice to be heard. I intentionally wrote Keep Swinging and Hitting the Curveball to, um, again, kind of share with readers the journey of entrepreneur, uh, of being an entrepreneur and, and having a lot of these different things. Because it's not a cakewalk. We're not all wildly successful and rich and all this stuff. But the other thing, too, is the creative side of me said, I didn't want to write something in the third person and, you know, have this sort of generic uh, technical stuff. Well, first off, I'm not technical. I'm not smart enough to write a book like that. So writing the first person, I wanted with both books, I want the readers to feel what I felt when I was going through those experiences. I want them to feel the emotion, the frustration, the whatever. And I just wanted it to be a different type of business book, not just the run-of-the-mill stuff because – Honestly, I've read probably the majority of those uh, out there, and, and very frankly, Janet, you know, they all kind of run together after a while, don't they? Yeah, they kind of and do. They can, and I think in the case of um, what I wanted to do was just to create something different, and then, you know, did I feel like I can do it? Hey, don't give me too much credit. I majored marketing in, in, in school. But I always wrote decent business letters, and I think that once you start putting, for lack of a better choice of word, pen to paper or get in front of your computer and start going, I think that um, when you find your voice, when you find how you want to tell your story, I think it's important for everybody out there, all your listeners, if they want to do that, go chase your dream, go make it happen, because like I said earlier, you know, Hats off to David Hancock and everybody at Morgan James because it's, it's been the most professionally gratifying experience of my life. Outside of all the sales awards and 8500 and everything, 
because it's touching people's lives. And I think that for any of your potential offers out there, that's the thing. In some way, shape, or form, whatever kind of book you're trying to write, you're touching people's lives. And if I can strike a chord with somebody that says, man, my life's not, you know, as hard as I thought it was, and this is going to help me get through the next day, man, mission accomplished. I've done my job. I think that, you know, striking a chord, touching their heart, those kind of things. And again, it's, you can find your voice, and then the other thing, too, is for people that are reluctant to do it, do like I did the first time around. I grabbed a collaborator. It's going to help me. How, how do you do this? I had a uh, Darren Gall, who wrote for Ink Magazine, and you know, he's got a master's degree in journalism from Columbia. He's a very bright guy. So we got together. And maybe the first time around, you might want to consider that, that to have a collaborator, certainly a good editor out there, if nothing else, uh, to kind of get you familiar with the process. But... Um, no, I, I think that uh, anybody out there that wants to do it, that, that's, those are the motivations behind my uh, writing the books and, and continue to enjoy the whole process. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I know when I write, I kind of, I do it for two reasons. One, because I feel that I have to. And also, when I share certain parts, I feel that if it reaches one person and it makes a difference to one person, then putting it out there was worth it. Yeah, and it's absolutely true. And if, if some of your listeners out there want a business angle, I think I alluded to this earlier, but I literally have a major prospect coming into my building here for the next few weeks uh, to, to look at our technology to, to implement, hopefully, in, in a pretty big way with a contract. And the way we got to him and his staff was through my book. He's a big baseball lover, thought it was a unique title, hitting the curveballs. Love the stories uh, in the book. Also love the dedication. You know, I think I mentioned earlier to my big black lab that passed away a few years ago. And it was like a personal chord that it struck with him, he with me, and the relationship is, is informed. And where it goes is, that's just fine. Uh, I'm not sure exactly what he will or won't buy or do in the future, but it's just neat to have the opportunity. And it was because, very frankly, he liked the book. And I think that that story is a testament to the power of using your book for both both personal and professional purposes. Yeah, it's like a big business card at that point. And, and I don't think that any business card I've ever had or will have could do justice to the, the book and the way they tell our story. As a reader, I completely agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... Jay, I know that you, you have to, you know, you have business, a business lunch that you need to get to. So just real quick, if you could please just tell anyone listening how they can find you, how they can get in touch with you, how they can buy your book. Absolutely. So obviously uh, this is uh, Morgan James Publishing, and you can go to the, the bookstore at Morgan James to buy a book. But Amazon, uh, Barnes & Noble has been a big supporter. Hitting the Curveballs is available in, like, paperback, uh ebook, also audio, and I will make a quick plug that the narrator on the audio book is my son, Jordan, <laughs> and uh, this isn't just a proud papa talk, and I think he did quite a job of it. He's, he's very uh, talented. Um, in terms of finding me, uh, my book website is jjaymyersceo.com, so jmyersceo.com. Uh, 
You can go there. My company website is ISITN, like Tennessee.com. And uh, love to be available, by the way, for any of your listeners if they have any speaking engagements out there. That I, on a regular basis, uh, I speak to colleges, universities, business schools, leadership groups. In fact, this afternoon, I'm headed to a, a presentation on communications in <laughs> University of Memphis of, uh, Business School, and they've got a professional development uh, division that's uh, going to have a lot of fun, about 40 students, so that ought to be a, a, a good time out there, and I've done it for a number of years, so um, love to hear from everybody. Also, uh, the uh, my Twitter handle is at J.B. Myers. And uh, I'm on Facebook at Jay Myers CEO as well as just my J-A-Y-M-Y-E-R-S and LinkedIn. So I'm, I'm readily available. All right. That's awesome. Thanks for so uh, – oh, my goodness. My tongue is not working with my brain. Thanks, Jay. <laughs> um, I hope people I hope people do get in touch with you. Um, anyone listening, Jay's book is really good. It's not just your basic boring business book. It's woven with all kinds of personal anecdotes and you can feel you can feel the human in his book. So for me reading a business book, that's that's important. So I encourage you to get your hands on it and uh, Jay, thanks for recording with me today and uh, Hope you come back with your th- and talk to us about your third book. That sounds great, Brenda. Thanks for having me on your uh, podcast. All right. Thanks.